You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to uh, Sharing Socks. We are recording a day late this week because Will got all huffy and puffy and decided to do real work on Wednesday. So um, hobnobbing with Hollywood stars, all that kind of thing. So we're doing this on Thursday, but it doesn't matter because Wednesday's game got rained out anyway. Suspicious rain out, I thought, since Louis East Robert was not available Wednesday, but will be Thursday. And it wasn't really raining much in Chicago. <laughs> We're only eight miles from the ballpark, and it, it was drizzling. Anyhow, I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer at Southside Sox. With me, my son, West Coast correspondent, uh, Will. I am wearing good Chicago White Sox gear, hat, and uh, hoodie. Will is wearing a Kansas City Royals hat. Hi, what's up? I'm Will Allen. Welcome to Chasing Crowns, the first episode of my new Kansas City Royals first place podcast. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm sporting this today because the Royals, for some reason, have earned their spot in first place in the American League. And the White Sox have done some things to betray my trust recently uh, that a, a certain manager in Kansas City probably wouldn't do compared to our certain manager, uh, and so you're not being totally influenced by your wife, who happens to be a Royals fan. Well, she's more of a White Sox fan at this point, <laughs> let's be real. But, you know, credit where credit's due until we start playing better than the Royals, which could be, you know, if we have a good good doubleheader today, I'll switch back. Uh, but, you know, after that last game, let's go Royals. Am I right? That was a crap show. 
Oh boy, there have been a there's been a lot of really really bad baseball uh, so far. I think, and that one was as as low as it goes. The man behind you in the picture there, over your right shoulder, the viewer's left uh, for those who are on video, uh, certainly did some really stupid things during that game. Although I will say he's not the one who went over four hundred twenty six with runners in scoring position. But Will's got a picture behind him for those on, on audio of. Uh, Tony Larusa finally coming out, I don't know, 52 batters late uh, to pull out Lucas Giolito on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Seems long ago. Um, and inexplicably leaving him in as he did. Uh, the best thing to be said was Lucas didn't seem to get hurt. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's definitely really the only thing to be said. It, it was a terrible decision. Um, that's the type of thing the Roos is supposed to be good at. And he left his ace out on the mound to sort of die. And it cost them a game, big time, big time. A game he let, he let uh, Billy Hamilton and uh, even worse, Leori hit in the eighth with two men on base in <laughs> a three-run game. It was very strange. But he's probably not thinking totally on baseball, uh, there's so much that they may have lost how many outs were in there that inning where he finally pulled Lucas. Um, because his uh, pet show, his uh, animal rescue charity, is in apparently big trouble with uh, massive complaints from former employees. And I heard one mention of uh, Tony making a, a racist joke at the annual dinner. <laughs> uh, not Not looking good there. I read the joke. You can... Discuss it all you want, but it's a racist joke. <laughs> there is no way around it. It is just straight up a racist joke. If I made that joke to a black person right now, I would expect to be punched in the face. So that's usually a pretty good guideline um, to uh, of where to start and jokes you should not make uh, is would it get you punched in the face? And that joke would. And it was... It's nasty. It's nasty. It's nasty that he thinks he can say stuff like that. And I'm not surprised at all. I mean, look at him in this picture. He doesn't even know how to wear the mask. How long have we been doing this? Under the nose. Um, but yeah, he is. He has done virtually nothing helpful this season. The, the one thing that I thought, and this actually may have won a game, uh, was in the Texas series, the 2-1 game. He brought in Billy Hamilton to replace... Uh, Andrew Vaughn quite early, seventh inning. Usually your defensive replacement doesn't come till later. And that saved the game because Billy made the throw home that, that got the guy at the plate, which Vaughn would never have made. He can't throw that far. Um, so that was a plus. But basically, you know, we know he's a jerk. We know he's an arrogant blah. But the thing was supposed to be that, well, he's a great baseball mind. So we, we take the ugly personality because of the skills. I haven't seen skills. And, and I'm not, you know, we're not the only ones. You, you do the write-ups. You're on Twitter. I'm not, but I, I can imagine what the Twitter's like about it. There's not a lot of great baseball management skill out there. No, I'm none what whatsoever. I mean, yeah, you've got, congrats. You, you pulled the crappy fielder for the good fielder in one game. That's not exactly a, an impressive resume. Uh, 22 games into the season and then just terrible, terrible management of the bullpen, terrible management of the starters, not knowing when to pull people. 
Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a disaster so far. This team is 12 and 10. This is, and we're, we're sitting behind the Royals. We are far behind the Royals. You know, one thing, I, I am a big fan of Jason and Stoney. I, I think they do a terrific job. And, and Stoney's analysis is absolutely terrific when it comes to pitchers. Well, to anything, but especially pitchers. But they've had this thing. They did it last year where they said, well, the American League Central is the best division in baseball because they had the best record. But they only were playing. The only way they got that is playing the National League Central. Right. And, you know, the two between them were 2-14 and once it got to playoffs where they had to play other divisions. They were not the best division. They were the second worst. They just happened to be matched up with the worst. Now, this year they've been going, well, on the Sox, most of it's terrific because most of their opponents have been over 500. Well, yeah. Yeah. But one of those is the Red Sox, who will end up fourth or fifth in the East. One of those was the Mariners, who will end up fourth or fifth in the West. And now that they've had this big sweep of Texas, which incidentally, there are colleges that could sweep Texas, you get the team that's going to be last in the West, and they just lost to the team that's going to be even worse than all of those and last in the American League. And if it were not for the Pirates, has got worse than majors sewed up. <laughs> so, um, it's really been a very soft schedule, even though some of those people have winning records. Just as we say, well, don't worry about the fact we're just 500, you know, before the Texas series, uh, because it's early in the season. Well, it's the same thing with those guys being at over 500. It's because it's very early in the season and bizarre things happen. Yeah, I mean, we're we're still at the point of the season where the records are essentially irrelevant. You know, I, I know I'm complaining about being 12 and 10 because we should be higher up. We should have more wins against the teams that we have been playing. And that argument that you said people are making of, well, they're, they're good. They're over 500. They have good records. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What what teams that come out of the gate really hot end up making it the whole way? It's it's not very common. Well, it does happen. The Dodgers are going to make it the whole way. Well, yeah. The Dodgers <laughs> are going to make yeah. it the whole way. Dodgers are going to make yeah, it. Yeah, but we haven't have played the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the A's, the Rays, uh, the Astros, which are the good teams of the American League. So we get we do have this. We have benefit of a soft schedule. I, I now think we're going to win the division because Minnesota is not good at all. They're not just losing; they're losing badly, and they've got COVID. You know everything else problems. Yeah. Uh, but and we played the National League Central, which is I think a little better this year. Milwaukee's better. Cardinals a little bit better. But it's still a they're terrible, really terrible division. They're terrible. It's a terrible. So we get the benefit of more wins there uh, because they're so awful. The only thing so in- that's all very nice, and and I'm not, you know, this is a Sox are a good baseball team. It sounds like we're, we're really bad. No, it's a good baseball team. Yeah, maybe not performing at that level. Uh, your picture, uh, which the the audio folks don't see, uh, also has the back of Yasmani Grandal out there as Tony is as taking Lucas out of the ball game. Uh, our catching situation. I chose this picture. I chose this picture with Grandal's back in hopes that. This was the moment he was walking away and never coming back. But uh, it looks like we're still stuck with him. Six hits, four grounded into double plays through 22 games. That's all I'm going to say right there. That is absolutely. It's, it's And he won't. I mean, this is an experienced guy. This isn't a rookie who's got to do what he's done since high school and pull the ball every time. He's hitting right into the shift. 
he could do little things that would beat that, change the shift around and whatnot. Of course, a lot of players have this problem. Uh, but yeah, um, Collins, Zach is now hitting 200 because he had one three for three game, but that was a fluke. He's, he's really a 150 hitter. Grundahl's a 120 hitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I still wish that your mean Mercedes would get a chance behind the plate. If, if nothing else in a game that's five runs up or down, given the last few innings, yeah, you lose the DH. So what in those games? Uh, well, or or just start them. Just start them in one of these little double header games. Yeah, uh, yeah. One like Detroit they had a seven inning game against yeah. Detroit. Give them like, a start. Who cares? Just start him. You know, he's not. He's most likely not going to cost you the game any more than Grandall does, which is fairly frequent nowadays. Um, I, I just don't get why you don't give him a chance back there. Do I expect him to be great? Absolutely not. But one thing he does is throw people out. Yeah, people don't steal on him. So that's that. Well, to stop stealing, and we we need a guy who can hit. And Grandal is just lost. He is lost <laughs> to have eleven walks, which is good. He's tied for the most walks on the team. But to have eleven walks at this point in the season and have an on base percentage of two eighty is insane. I mean, that is just shows you that you're. Well, I thought everybody you were talking. Very first, I thought you were talking about you mean. You're talking obviously about uh, Grandal. No, no, your mean is. <laughs> I mean, your mean proves like something every day. day. You, I don't know if you noticed. Did Did you watch Tuesday night's game? The the debacle yeah. with the five errors. In the sixth inning, there should have been error number six. Your mean hit a routine ground ball, third. <laughs> I looked it up. It was eighty miles an hour. It was not a hot shot. And the third base in and out of the third baseman's glove, and the official score gave him a hit. And I, I think from now on until he becomes human, uh, that's what's going to happen because no home official score is going to cost him the batting title. <laughs> so, so, so now even when he hits a little little bouncing ball to third, and the guy kicks it around for a while, it's going to be a hit <laughs> instead of an error. That was that was uh, my my double take moment of uh, well there were a thousand double take moments of that game um, but that was actually the one that surprised me the most was looking up and seeing that that H instead of that E and I was like oh I guess your mean has wheels we don't know about um, we've seen him run hard I I feel like we've seen the the speed top there but um, yeah that that was ridiculous. Ridiculous scoring, but you know, whatever hits errors. We don't. Score I, 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 it probably comes, you know, how a, a hitter who is reputed to know the strike zone well will get the calls on the edge, just like a pitcher who's got good control will get the calls that are could go either way. Whereas the guy who doesn't have any control, good luck. Um, and it may be that way with hits and errors. You know, eh, the guy's hitting really well, must be a hit. <laughs> guys. <laughs> Grandal hits it. Uh, that's that's an error. <laughs> well, but it was foul. Well, it's a hit. It's a hit if you're mean. <laughs> it's in the stands. Well, ground rule double then. Let's do this. Um, we should take a quick break. Uh, we will come back. I may switch to a Sox hat out of guilt and the fact that we're getting a little closer to game time. Uh, but we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. I did not change my hat because they did not earn my respect yet. Um, Geezer, what else you got for us? 
Well, uh, I think if you go over to pitching, uh, yesterday, this is, we're doing this again Thursday before the doubleheader, but they, they did do some press stuff because of the rain out on Wednesday. And uh, La Russa was saying that Crochet, uh, they're really working on a repeatable delivery, which is good. I mean, they got to do that. He did not have it. And I mean, the guy got hurt every six innings in college, let alone uh, when he came up to the major leagues. So, yeah, he needs to be. So he's not hurting himself so badly and so he can repeat. So they're working on that with, you know, and so his fastball's 96. Yeah. You know, uh, which, is still, which is still good, but it's nothing compared to. Yeah. And, well, and it's nothing when he doesn't, he's, his slider is not working very well. So it's, they're really pushing the changeup, which is good. Uh, excellent guy to have a, to have a really good changeup. Um, but again, the, the crochet is kind of the fringe there. Kind of a, uh, a, a thing with crochet uh, before we move on from him is, is uh, I remember we're watching, um, you know, it must have been the early 2000s. We were watching Dontrell Willis pitch, I think, for the Marlins. And whoever was commenting that game said, you know, Dontrell Willis. And, and this was before it, Willis actually ended up getting even better and, and, and was pretty solid for a little while. But uh, he said, you know, right now we're watching a great thrower. And we're not watching a great pitcher. We're still watching a great thrower. You can get guys out when you're a great thrower. It was true of Aroldis Chapman really early on. I mean, he was throwing 103, so he was still getting guys out. But we were watching a great thrower. We weren't watching a great pitcher. And that's exactly what we're seeing with Garrett Crochet. The kid can throw. There's no doubt about that. But can he repeat it? And can he create that type of command that's going to get him those calls that you were just talking about earlier. Can he do the the Tom Glavin thing where he can hit the outside, then just go another inch out, then another inch out. Oh, come on. Glavin went another foot and a half out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that, I mean, that was the genius of Glavin. Glavin had insane command. He knew he, he could throw the ball here, here, and here by choice and get the strike call on all three when none of those were actually strikes. And that's the type of thing you need from crochet is you need to find that repeatable delivery and then start figuring out how to move the ball a little bit more so that we see, we see that type of command over the pitching and we see him move from being a thrower to a pitcher. And I, I do actually believe that he will, he will be able to do that with cats helping him. Um, and, and that's what you need. Otherwise he's going to have a really short career. He's going to tear up that arm. Um, really bad all the time like he had. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's no danger right now the way he's throwing. Well, there's always danger with any pitcher, but there's much less danger than there was when you're watching a pitch last September, uh, briefly in October there. Uh, that when you're going, oh boy, we'll be lucky if he gets through a batter. Now you're going, eh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's okay. He's just like any other pitcher, but yeah, and the chance of getting hurt. Another pitcher, uh, Michael Kopech, uh, LaRusso is saying, he said this earlier, will not be a starter. Yeah. Um, and now I understand Kopech hasn't pitched in two years. You don't want to load a bunch of innings on the guy, a bunch of pitches on him. But <laughs> uh, you'd think that you gradually want to, he's at least ready to be a starter down the stretch in September if we need him uh, into the playoffs where I think we're going to go. Uh Boy, it'd be nice to have him in that position. And it, 
It makes I, no I, sense I, to me. It makes no sense to me. Kopeck is is he's a video game right now. I mean, the stuff he's throwing is it's filthy, and 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 it doesn't look like he's using much effort. Obviously, you are. You're always concentrating 100, percent but but it's not strained. Mm-hmm. It is a very smooth, comfortable delivery. Um, so I'm not sure why he can't. And, his, and, and I can, I can see, well, if he, if he starts, he's only going to go five or 90 pitches or whatever it may be. We're, we're not going to throw the guy 120 pitches. Uh, perfect sense. But why he can't be a starter rather than be the guy who comes in in the third inning when you're down five to one, uh, I, I don't understand. And totally agree with that. Find out, find out today we've got the doubleheader going. Carlos Rodon, who, of course, has been – that's my guy. Who I hated to see when they didn't have him for a while, uh, is pitching one of them. And Dylan Cease, your guy, who has nothing. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have never, I have never said Dylan Cease was my guy. Unless he has a great game today, then way to go. You're my guy, Dill. Um, I mean, I agree with you about Kopech. Uh, using him in these games where we're just getting whooped is, is, pointless and we've got starters who barely make it to the fifth inning as it is so you might as well throw Kopech and just say you're gonna throw him for five you know keep him under 100 pitches if you want but also you know he's young he just took a year off let him pitch he's this this bullpen thing when you got a guy who is throwing absolute electricity it, it's stupid to save for these long bullpen outings when you're losing. I mean, it's different if you're planning to pitch a game by committee. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, at, at this point, we should be seeing Kopech start in, in Cease's place. And maybe it, it, you could argue in Keiko's place, but that's never going to happen because he's a Cy Young winner. He's a veteran. He's a starting pitcher. He's going to stay a starting pitcher. Uh, but I would actually like to see Dylan go into that role. Get a little more work yes. uh, in in the long bullpen slot, or even down in AAA for a little bit. But yep. in the long bullpen slot, and let Kopech start the game, and just see what happens. Why are you making these decisions that he's not going to start games already? It's it's just stupid. It's just another stupid Larusa thing that I, I can't get behind. You mentioned Keiko. Uh, his last game statistically. Uh, if you're looking at the bare stats of hits and runs and walks and whatnot, uh, was his strongest of the season. He got hit hard. Uh, now, just as was the case in the in the losing game to Detroit, he got hit hard on the ground, just like their their pitcher did uh, in that game. Uh, so, yeah, if you if your guy's hitting you 105 miles an hour and it goes right to the shortstop, that's an out. Uh, unless it's Detroit, it's an error. But um, uh, he still was getting hit hard. He's he's not getting the old Dallas Keuchel 80 mile an hour exit velocity ground ball. Uh, Absolutely. They're pretty much shot. So we'll see his next time out if he's still getting a little bit better or if that was just a lucky uh, event uh, that occurred there that that he didn't give up more runs than he did. I mean, I, I'm definitely worried about that. I, I'm not, you know, as as Southside Sox goes, I'm definitely not the biggest uh, stat nerd or, or person who depends on exit velo and stuff like that. But 
I will say that is that's really concerning. I mean, there's such a huge difference between a hundred mile an hour ground ball and an eighty mile an hour ground ball. Main thing being the hundred mile an hour ground ball has a much better chance of finding a hole. Um, and it, it is a concern. And he's an old guy. I think he's younger than me still, but he's an old guy. And, <laughs> I, I have worries about that, and I really have concerns that he is virtually never going to go past the fifth, almost never this year. Um, yeah, the last time he went the sixth, I think, but that was a rarity. Most Mostly it's it's been fun. Exactly. I, I mean, oh, I, in fact, in fact, until this last game, this last game was the first time that he went past the 60 pitch mark right? without having big problems. I mean, the other games he made it to 70 pitches originally. But as really soon as he hit 60, as soon as he hit 60, he was, he was in trouble. Yeah. And that, last that's time part was of better. what I mean when I say fifth inning. But it was also a very bad team. Yeah. And – you know, these are these are teams that we should be kind of cutting down with these pitchers. These are we have we have some good starting pitchers. We should not be having trouble uh, making it farther into the game. It's just and the bullpen shouldn't be having the kind of trouble it's having against these teams either. Well, the bullpen has been pretty much a disaster, um, which is kind of funny since I believe if you listen to me right before the season start. Uh, on one of our podcasts, I said, if there's anything we don't have to worry about this year, it's the bullpen. And I think the only thing I put as a proviso on that was, well, bullpens can be flaky. I didn't say, oh, no, it's not good. The whole world said, hey, this is probably the best bullpen in baseball. It's not. Yeah. Uh, some of the, of course, Hendricks given up four homers. Uh, that last one was on a pitch in the guy's eyes. I, I can't necessarily blame him for that one but oh yeah uh, that was crazy that he got around on that I mean yeah I didn't blame Hendricks for that one at all that was actually uh, the, a really well-placed pitch it's disappointment because I I thought he was the best I mean I, I think he's a star and he hasn't been his bummer uh, I think every time he's come in the first guy's gotten on mostly with walks um uh, got no command no command. command is not there and that's uh, it's tough because he's he needs to have command to be to be good. You know, he, he doesn't throw the hundred mile an hour pitch. He's his ball is all depending on movement and if people are just gonna watch it head out of the strike zone, that's no good. I mean it's 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 not gonna get him anything except these walks to lead off innings, which is of course, as we know from little league on up, the number one thing you don't wanna do is walk the first batter. Tim Anderson almost always makes you pay if you walk him when he takes his one walk a year. Um, he's, he's had three. Oh, wow. Two in one game. <laughs> Great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, bummer has been, for lack of a better phrase, a bit of a bummer. Uh, and, you know, Marshall is very – we don't know what we're going to get exactly. Foster mm-hmm. has been pretty much a mess. Uh, Hoyer has not Hoyer been the guy that was going to be. Yeah, it's 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 underwhelming. Ruiz is Ruiz. You didn't expect too much from, and he's doing fine by that basis. Yeah, honestly, Ruiz is the only guy who's met what I expected from him, and actually maybe even exceeded it a tiny bit. Uh, everyone else is has fallen behind. Hendricks, I do think, is going to figure it out. Uh, again, in reality, I think he's only given up three homers. But when you're when you're a closer, you can't give up homers. 
<laughs> you just can't. You got to make sure you're not throwing the home run ball. You got to make sure because that's the, of course, the easiest way to just blow the game. Um, I don't know what's going on with the bullpen. I don't know how they're going to fix it. It could just be early season stuff that could absolutely 100% be what we're dealing with here, that they just have not clicked. They haven't gotten a rhythm. That often happens with bullpens. You see bullpens start pretty weak, and then as the season goes, they sort of figure out their thing, and and they start to lock it down a bit more. Um, but it is, it is, aside from management, it has been the the most disappointing thing of the season so far. Uh, that isn't named Grandall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jose, of course, is starting off very slowly, but that's Jose. That, that, that's what he does. So yeah, I mean, not worried about that. No concern whatsoever with with Jose. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, oh, the the White Sox have won. Is it six of the last eight? Five of the last seven. The two losses. The only losses. With the guy behind your picture there, with you on the mound, <laughs> right? That's, <weird>. yeah. <laughs> That's your ace, right? <laughs> no, I mean the stuff that the Giolito getting trounced last week is—it's just going to happen sometime. One of those days, yeah, you happens know, to everybody. It's happen, and then in this last game, what are you going to do? He actually pitched pretty well for six innings. You know, he he shouldn't have lost. Yeah, he just should have been. He should have been taken out and and had a good game. Yeah, he it was a it was an absolute quality start until Larusa forgot everything he knows about what he does well and left Giolito in too long. Uh, I I don't really have any concerns about about Lucas. Um, I think no, just no. I mean, if it turns out he has an injury that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, it could be, but I, I, no. Again, I, I, I don't know. think so, because he looked really fine for six innings. He threw a lot of pitches. It's not, like, sharp. it's not like they took him into the seventh and he was at 70 pitches and he was gassed, and, and we just didn't know it. I mean, he was he was well over 100 pitches, and and LaRusso just made a bad call. And, I, and, you know, the call, I think, is worse. And I, I was disappointed on this with Rodon after the game after the uh, – uh, no hitter where he was left in for more than a hundred pitches. Again, the talk preseason, not just the White Sox, but everybody pitchers can't throw that many pitches, especially early. They, they didn't throw much last year. Uh, they need to really get into it and groove and get set. They're probably not going to have any 200 inning pitchers this year, which reminds me Lance Lynch should be back next time through the rotation here. I think uh, we'll have a few, but yeah. But but you know, but they were saying that, you know these guys are you're going to have to take it easy on guys because you don't know how the the short season impacts them, and yet what we're doing we're throwing guys out there over 100 pitches regularly. I understand we've been talking about the bullpen being pretty bad, and that's a factor in any decision. But boy, I and and we've had a lot of days off, so the so the new, the starters are going every sixth or seventh day. We have, it's it's a ridiculous schedule. After Sunday, we're off Monday, play two games in Cincinnati and, and off Thursday, which means you're going to be jammed when it gets to the end of the year. I, I don't understand all these days off. They don't make any sense. I, um, I have no clue why the schedule. I mean, that's obviously not the White Sox fault. That, that's uh, the wonderful commissioner's office. But Which is weird. weird. 
this is the first miscue of the commissioner's office. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, had, they had it nailed before this. <laughs> we'll, we'll finish on this, which is uh, the seven-inning doubleheader thing is just shameful. It is absolute crap. And the fact that we had, you know, Madison Baumgartner throw a no-hitter the other day that will not be recognized because of this stupid seven-inning thing. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure I understand why that is, because I know I've looked up no-hitters years ago, and, and you'd be, you know, most of them obviously are nine innings, uh, some more, uh, but there'd be a reference, five innings rain, seven innings rain. Uh, so those counted yep. 40, 50 years ago. Why don't they count now? I, because they made, the, in the commissioner's office, which we are fans of, uh, they made the decision and i think maybe with the with the players as well uh that if you throw a no hitter in those short and double header games they do not count and that is that is a rule that is only in play from what i understand for this year and they could change it for next year if they wanted um but yeah it's it's just ridiculous you just have an asterisk or a parent you know parent six no kidding I, i mean i totally agree with you and just the fact, you know, someone on uh, Sox Twitter today had a great tweet that said, it's a beautiful day for baseball. Let's play 1.56. <laughs> and I was that that really summed it up for me. These seven-inning games, I mean, that's high school. That's what we play in high school. Like, I, I, I can't get behind this. I, and it's just money-grubbing garbage and stupid uh, pace of play crap that I just have no interest in watching. These seven inning games are shameful. If if Rodon takes, you know, knock on wood, a, a no hitter into the late innings or something again, I will be livid on our next. Maybe you know, maybe you could make up for this. This is how you make up for it. You ask the pitcher if he'd like the game to continue. Uh, that's what I actually had that thought. Well, after I watched Baumgartner, I was like, well, they should ask him if he wants to throw two more. <laughs> And then if the other players are like, because they're of course going to be like, yeah, we want a chance to hit it. Uh, like <laughs> we don't want to be no hit, even with the rule that says we weren't. Like, I think if you say, all right, guys, something cool is happening. And all your teammates are going to go along with it. <laughs> want to keep playing? That'd be cool. I, everybody's going to want to play. It, it ruined that game of baseball to end it when they did. That was such an exciting game. And then just dumb. Stupid. Stupid. Commissioner, you are stupid. And if you come on the pod, I probably won't say it to your face because that's a pretty big get for us. Um, I'll probably, in fact, butter you up a little bit. But that's all the time we have on uh, sharing socks. Let's hope that uh, next week uh, I will be back in White Sox gear that they have earned me wearing. Uh, anything else? Any last comments from the geezer? Nope. All right. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to Sharing Socks.